Let's get some insights on the news shaping the markets. And for that, we welcome in a special guest on set. Matthew Peterson's with us, Senior Product Manager, Schwab International. Glad you are here. Thank you, you for having me. at a very good time. This as we're watching Deutsche Bank tanking. In fact, now down for the third day, down about 10% this week. But uh, the concerns there as credit default swaps, we see the insurance on the rise to ensure its default. Um, and that just sort of comes on the heels of what we've seen the last you know, week or so, right? Absolutely. Yep. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, you know, I try to look at everything through a probabilistic lens. Mm -hmm. um, I think anybody who speaks about the future as if they've already seen it and that it's written, um, I'm a little wary of that. So right. I try to look at everything from that standpoint of probability. And I think we've seen some hallmark leading indicators of a recession, a pullback, a crash, you know, things that might be on investors' minds. And one of the tools that I look at to get a sense of that probability is uh, the, the New York Fed uh, actually publishes some information on their website about, uh, you know, the probability of, the implied probability of a recession right. over the coming year. Right. And that's based on a few different factors, primarily uh, the interest rate curve. And as of today, uh, the Fed is projecting a 57% chance of a recession in the next 12 months. And that's higher than any point prior to 2008. So that is something that has me a bit concerned right. uh, about the current environment that we're in. Uh, another leading indicator is an inverted yield curve. We saw the two to 10 year uh, yield curve invert first on April 1 of last year. Yeah. And that's a bit concerning. Um, and obviously the, the things that we've already seen with Silicon Valley Bank and Credit Suisse and now Deutsche being the next one that's in the news. Um, yeah, it's, it's something to be wary of. But yeah. at the same time, 57% is not a sure thing. You know, if uh, if the Super Bowl favorite had a 57% chance of winning, I'd consider that a pretty good game. You know, it's yeah, almost exactly. a coin flip. So I am also encouraged by the steps that global leaders, both in finance and at central bank central banks, have made and the steps they've taken proactively to help manage the situation better than you know in 2008. So you know, uh, the future isn't written. Uh, and I think my main takeaway right now is that this is a wake-up call for both uh, banks, other institutions, and individual investors to review their portfolio, right? Make sure that they're not taking on any right. unintended risk and that they're getting back to their core values and the core strategy of what they're uh, investments are supposed to be doing for them. Yeah, I, I think you make some great points. I mean, we had UBS step in and really salvage Credit Suisse at this point. Um, Deutsche Bank just is under the microscope today, down about 6%. Um, as you said, nothing is written in stone. We are seeing the entire group under pressure as everybody has to reevaluate those balance sheets, as you noted. Um, they have deposits, and if people start trying to pull out on some of those short-term plays, you know, they have to have the liquidity to uh, back that up, which, which many of the banks certainly do, because after the financial crisis, they, they changed the rules and the parameters right. to have to deal with this. Um, so this is not 2008, 2009, but the discomfort is felt similarly. Um, particularly after SVB and Silvergate. Um, tell me a little bit about the bonds that went bust. You wanted to talk about that a little bit. I'm not sure that everybody fully understands that and why that's important. 
Yeah, and I think that is a really important kind of subplot in the whole story to recognize. Yeah. Um, those are that we're referring to the AT1 bonds of Credit right. Suisse that went, uh, that were completely written down, resulting in a $17 billion loss for, uh, for debt holders. Right. And, you know, the general wisdom is that uh, in situations like this, equity holders should lose everything before debt holders would lose anything, right? That's what most investors have come to believe. Right. So when you look at the situation and you see equity holders getting $3 billion and debt holders losing 100% of their 17 billion, it's confusing. But the fact of the matter is these were, these, these were bonds that were issued risky uh, with high yields and certain contingencies in place mm -hmm. that allowed them to write them down in, in these exact type of situations. Right. Um, and an interesting point is that in 2014, uh, the European financial regulatory bodies actually banned these specific bonds from being sold to retail investors. Um, right. so this is something that, again, this, you know, so you people know knew. You have to know what you're getting into. into. Exactly. exactly. I mean, I know you had some thoughts on things like crypto that um, actually, surprisingly, were less volatile than some parts of the market, even after FTX. Yeah. Um, you know, Bitcoin sort of held, um, but nowhere near that 60,000 where it used to be. And, you know, even when it was trying to break up above 25,000 at a very hard time, it's only of late where we started to see 28, 29,000 again. Um, and this, as Coinbase uh, gets the wealth notice, and you have a lot going on, a lot of moving parts in the world of crypto. What do you hear? When it comes to crypto, it's still a very, it's a, it's a budding industry, right? And if you think back to the dot-com era when, mm -hmm. you know, we talked about companies being web companies, and right. nowadays every company is a web company, right? So we talk about crypto and blockchain as a very specific niche sector that I think will begin to grow to the point where uh, established companies will use the technology and it won't necessarily be right. specific to that industry. For example, things that the NBA or Adidas has done utilizing NFTs and blockchain technology uh, yeah. is really interesting and, and is value adding. Um, but when it comes to pure crypto plays, uh, like a Bitcoin, mm -hmm. right? I think the past few weeks is really encouraging because Bitcoin itself ideally, okay. aspirationally, should be some sort of, some sort of digital gold. Right, and I think uh, to that extent, it has behaved like that, um, again, to, to an extent in the last couple of weeks, uh, yeah. because it's, it's been stable. But, you know, I see a path where Bitcoin does become that gold standard uh, okay. uh, in di of digital currency, All right. but it could also end up being the Blackberry, right, of, of crypto, and it'll be, you know, yesterday's news when something else uh, comes along that is bigger okay. and better. I, I don't want to leave out your transitional role that you've had. You were at TD Ameritrade, you were on the fixed income desk, you're now um, doing international business here at Schwab. Um, just quickly, you talked about the multi-currency trading capabilities, um, just the transition, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I mean, I, I was on the fixed income desk at TD Ameritrade for 10 years, so that's where uh, a lot of my expertise lies, is in the fixed income markets. Uh, now I'm on the Schwab side and in international markets, and I think both tend to be areas that clients are maybe underallocated to, mm -hmm. right? I've, I've, I've noticed over the years that clients are most comfortable investing in U.S. equities, right? And that may result in an underallocation to things like fixed income, international investments. So I'm very excited to work in those types of areas to help 
educate the masses and get them to feel comfortable right. with making those decisions. Sure. Um, and one thing I'm really excited about uh, regarding the combined firm in the future uh, is the fact that clients will now have access to trading foreign currencies and holding foreign currencies as well as access to the Thinkorswim platform, right. which is something you know, TD never offered the multi-currency, Schwab never offered Thinkorswim. Right. So clients should be excited it's about a, what's to come. It's a beautiful Absolutely. meeting, without a doubt, and giving clients more to um, more opportunity, more education, and yeah. more ways to use their money and put it to work and preserve their capital at the same time. It's great to see you, Matthew Peterson. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. For being here with it's us today. Matthew Peterson, Senior Product Manager, Schwab International.